Hey everyone, I'm Johnny. I'm Victoria. Welcome to Tasty Pages, a podcast from Cooking the Books. Each week, we'll discuss a featured cookbook. And we'll rank each book in a variety of categories, including food photography and styling, degree of difficulty, and of course, taste. This week's featured cookbook is... Burma Superstar by Desmond Tan and Kate Leahy. Hey, Johnny. Hello, Victoria. <laughs> How are you doing today? I am well. I'm, I'm just observing how much stuff is on our counter right now. I know. Why? We've I got... don't know. Well, I guess we're getting ready to make dinner later, and there's like some Gatorades up there, <laughs> and there's some apples from the orchard. Apples, I mean, all of tomato. which we'll discuss it's, in a second. It's very random. Yeah. Cookbook. What a surprise. <laughs> oh. Hey, welcome to Tasty Pages, a podcast from Cooking the Books. Let me get a few uh, bill-paying things out of the way. Bill-paying. <laughs> <laughs> hey, if we get a Ooh. bill in the mail or via email for like $3, we'll be able to pay oh. it with all this sweet podcast ad revenue money that we're right. raking in. <laughs> all right. So... um. If you go to anchor.fm slash tastypages, you'll see a support button there. You can think of it as like a virtual tip jar, and it's a way that you can support what we are doing. Um, there's also a store tab on our website at We Cook Books, uh, and that will take you to our Amazon affiliate page. And we've got some items on there that you can browse and perhaps purchase for yourself or a friend or relative. And best of all, it doesn't cost you a penny more to complete that purchase, but it does put a few pennies in our pocket. So it's a way you can get something uh, that you wanted and support us in the process. And we thank you for that. Um, all right, let's jump into this Burma Superstar book. Um, let's talk about a few things that uh, we've got going on right now, though. Uh, what did we just finish? We just finished um, Green Feast, Autumn Winter by Nigel Slater. Second uh, Nigel Slater book that we've featured mm -hmm. on Cooking the Books. And he's got, he also has a Green Feast um, summer and spring. Yep. Kind of a companion um, to that. This was a fun book. We'll yes. talk about it in, in that episode. And this week, we went to the Apple Orchard. A little, so, little day date. Yeah, because we haven't been going out to eat or anything so yeah. we haven't been able to go on dates so we just decided let's go out in nature drove over to indiana mm -hmm. Pick hour away or whatever it ended up being yeah uh, it was great everyone was wearing masks yeah it was great um, people were very respectful shout out to county line orchard mm -hmm. that was fun so we came away with a lot of apples yeah um right now their uh, fall is usually when all the cookbooks come out because you got to get that sweet sweet christmas money yep um so right now we are getting a lot of books oh my god you should from, see it from publishers um there's a stack in our living room like probably 10 of them it's a lot and we can't yeah. possibly you know feature all of them for a week yep. so what we'll do is we you know we'll look through the cookbook and then we'll pick something to make and uh, one of the I have like three pie books right now. Yep, I can't possibly m make all that pie. So, but I did make an apple pie, um, for uh, from the book Pie for Everyone, um, 
and it's uh, from P- uh, Petey's Pie Shop. Yep. Uh, th- <laughs> had a piece the- last night. It was delicious. It was the ugliest pie ever, though. I just don't know what happened to it. But it was a solidly delicious pie. It's a pie. I don't think it was ugly. It's just, it's a basic pie. Well, I know, but sometimes I like to get precious with things. Yeah, and- this is this is more ooh, rustic. Ooh, this was an ugly pie. Mm, delicious, though. <laughs> um, and what do we got up next? Next, we are either going to do Homestyle Cookery by Maddie Matheson. Um, most people don't know who he is. He's a Canadian chef. He's he's like... I think people know who he is. He's big in Canada. And he's big on the internet. Like, if you watch YouTube, he's got channels He's got, like, a vice... Doesn't he have a vice show? Yeah, Um, And then um, the other one is the... uh, I think I spelled it wrong on this little show prep notes, but it's Barbudo uh, Cookbook. By Jonathan Waxman. Yeah, we love us some Jonathan Waxman. Which uh, Barbudo just closed, sadly. Yeah. Was it a victim of COVID, or was it was it something that happened before that? I'm not sure, but I'm sure things couldn't have been easy because yeah. of COVID. Oof. Yeah. Um, but anyway, if you've ever ate at that restaurant, you could uh, make some of these dishes at home. Uh, it's a lot of the things that they served um, on the menu there, and um, nice, solid, traditional kind of Italian cooking. Mm-hmm. So we're looking forward to that. Um, stay tuned. All right, should we jump into this book? Let's do this. All right. <laughs> uh, we've done a lot of Asian books right. in the past. We've not done a Burmese or, I guess, Myanmar. Myanmar. Um, yeah. Yeah, we haven't... Well, for some of you who don't know, um, Myanmar is surrounded by Thailand, India, China, Laos. So... It's food is basically an adaptation of all these different countries. Um, A lot of my favorite cuisines, and this is kind of like a melting pot of all those. There's actually 135 different ethnic groups that are recognized by the government. So that's that's a lot of different spices to put in the pot. Yeah, so to speak. Um, Um, Yeah, big bold cooking, big flavors. Yep, this is great. Let's get into it. What's the first dish we made? The first dish we made. Oh, and here's the thing about the book, too. Um, in the sections, the recipes at the beginning of the sections tend to be more basic, uh, more basic, mm-hmm. easier. And with Burmese food, a lot of it is you're supposed to have lots of little dishes and share. So, mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, it's just the two of us. We can't cook that way. Yep. You know, we pick one dish and we can't even invite a bunch of people over uh, at the moment either. I know, so. Right? What? Okay, so the first one we did was a coconut curry. Super coconut chicken curry. Yep. Delicious, solid recipe. Um we simmered it for about an hour. Um we used chicken stock instead of water because, Which is kind of standard. Yeah, we always if it says and I know like if it was you know the whole thing like if it's good enough for them to use water then i should use water but no uh, well i mean but it you know chicken stock is something that we make ourselves we keep containers of it in our freezer Mm -hmm. so we always have it on hand and if it's going to enhance what you're making um yeah i I absolutely agree with you yeah no shame in substituting that it just brings it up to the next level um 
We, I, I don't know if we mentioned, but the Burma Superstar is a restaurant in the Bay Area. They now have three locations. Desmond Tand is uh, from Myanmar, and he moved here, I believe it said in the book, when he was 11. He moved here in 77. His parents yeah. came over. They Basically, when you leave, it was Burma back then, but when you leave Burma, it's goodbye. You leave everything behind. You don't talk to uh, you. There Basically, it, like in the 70s, there was... Not really any phones. Um, no Facebook. Anyone who wanted, if you had a phone, anyone you wanted to call probably didn't have a phone. Yeah. Um, so basically, they came to San Francisco in 77 with $200 and their suitcases. And, and they hopes and dreams. Ameri- the, in pursuit of the American dream. And he, he did it. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. So, and this book is not specifically just recipes from from the restaurant. It's also um, recipes from home cooks in Myanmar. Um, right. And yeah, so it's not, like I said, it's not yeah. just all recipe. And that recipe first time. dish, the chicken coconut curry, delicious. We made up a little rice to have on the side. No complaints for me. There you go. It was great. All right. Uh, spicy eggplant. Um, it, it was... It was spicy. We had some uh, freshly, a, freshly dried chilies from our know, garden that we used. Not a timid dish. Mm-hmm. Um, what else? Oh, this Paprika uses paprika. Yep, and turmeric. Yep, and common this, ingredients. This uses fish sauce, and let's talk about fish sauce. Let's do it. Um, <laughs> so I like adding fish sauce to stuff because it adds just a little. You can add just a little bit, and it adds just this tiny little bit of funk. And what's interesting for people who maybe are unfamiliar or don't use it or maybe are intimidated by it is like, you know, you open the bottle. It smells terrible. You get that aroma. It's it's out there. Yeah. It's 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 front and center. Um it you know, a little goes a long way. Mm-hmm. You're not gonna taste the fish sauce as prominently in the dish once it's incorporated. It's just gonna have that little, like you said, that Little flavor profile. Um, Oop! But addendum to that, we do have something coming up that we'll we'll be talking about yes. that we added fish sauce to, and um, we'll get to that later. Not all fish sauces are created equal, and this is something that since we've started this cooking the books project, we've we've experimented with, and and our uh, go to has been Red Boat, and I know it's recommended. I I think I first started hearing about it from when we were doing. Um, the Vietnamese any day. Yes. And Andrea Nguyen was like saying, you know, get Red Boat. And then since that time, I think David Chan, like I've, I've read in other books where they've been like, Red Boat's the way to go. So uh, I believe they have it at Whole Foods. You can also get it online. It's not difficult to find. I feel like the funk of Red Boat is less funky, if that makes any it's sense. It's more refined yeah. and more kind of focused. And we've had some more like inferior, cheaper fish sauces and I wasn't keen on them. Mm. So, I mean, not that with any of them, I'm going to be drinking them straight out of the bottle. <laughs> I should hope not. You're gross. But just just something to keep in mind. Like that's you, that's the kind of thing that you uh, drunk dare someone to yes, do. <laughs> you know, maybe when that, 30 years ago or something. Um, 
But yeah, so just just keep that in mind. If it, it's a great thing to add to your pantry arsenal if you don't have some already, and a bottle will last you quite a long time. All right, back so, to back to this dish. Yes. Um. Yeah, it was really easy. Um, we ended up uh frying up some garlic and uh, yeah, garlic chips. Mm-hmm. That was kind of a new one. That was fun. Sure. Brought it to the next level. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's there's some freshly squeezed lime juice added at the end. We also after what are you, you okay over there? Yeah, sorry. Right. I'm just slamming boots. I'm I'm just throwing things over this here. This is how enthusiastic you are. <laughs> yes. She's she's giving it all in oh, her yeah. podcast performance. <laughs> um we added some spicy Italian sausage to the dish did. after photographing, just, you know, because we were having dinner, figured we'd make it a little more substantial. Well, we had some leftover that had it to get yeah. that had it to get used. <laughs> yep. That's great. Great. It was it was kind of a culinary mashup. I'm a master of the English language. Yep. Me too. Uh anything else to say about this eggplant dish? No, I don't think so. That's great. And you guys, seriously, all the stuff that we chose to make was Pretty easy because we had come off other books that I think we had done. We were doing two books at a time. I think you're right. So we just wanted we cooking ch- fatigue had set in. We chose the easier. We took the easy way out, but, but I don't think we compromised in taste or flavor or anything. It was just more a, a time issue. Um, next dish, fiery tofu. So yep. Yeah. We're getting spicy here. Yeah. Um, we it, it uh, use uh, extra firm tofu. Yep. I wouldn't use the soft because it will fall apart. Yep. I think we've discussed that in a previous episode. Like anytime you're doing stir fries, you definitely want to use the extra firm tofu. Mm-hmm. Save the silken stuff for like soups and, and whatnot or anything that you're going to be blending up. Um, this is a pretty simple Asian stir fry, I think. Green um, beans. Yeah. Uh, as well as uh, strips of bell pepper. There was some garlic, some ginger, some fresh basil. Um, it's It packs a punch, as the name implies, so be prepared to sweat. Temescal. Yeah. <laughs> you okay over there? I'm, I'm fine. <laughs> you're, the, you're, the, you're the kid that's working ahead on the test because you're already like looking at the next dish. I'm reading through my paragraph to prepare so I don't stumble over my words when they get to me. All right, carry on. I'll just be over here <laughs> drinking my Powerade. God, we have so much stuff on the counter. Powerade, tomatoes, basil, <laughs> apples. Okay. All right. Um, yeah. Talk about this next, uh, this next, which is actually a cocktail. It is called the Temskull. God, I feel like we've done so many cocktails lately. I Ain't nothing wrong with that. I don't know if I necessarily... They all kind of blend in together. So this is a drink that they serve at the restaurant. Quite popular, apparently. Um, I know for the preparation, it seemed a little fussy. That's right, because we just threw everything into the Vitamix. We cheated. We did, and yeah. it was so much easier. Yeah, I mean, so it, it gets lime juice, cucumber, and ginger, and we just like threw that all in the Vitamix and like blended it up, and then uh, you garnish it with additional strips of fresh cucumber. So not only 
did this dish taste great, or dish, this cocktail taste great, but it... Uh, had a wonderful scent. It looks it great, yeah. Gingery and had the nice little fresh cucumber. Yep. See, it took a minute for this to get jogged in my mind because yes. I remember reading the recipe and being like, why are we going did, to extrude ginger did we juice? do gin or vodka with this? Do you remember? One of the two. I don't remember. I mean, we usually have both on hand, so it was like we we threw gin or vodka in there, and I don't remember which one it was, but it was tasty. Yeah, very good. Okay. It was especially in uh, summer, nice and uh, refreshing at the time. But those days are gone. Yes, it's chilly here in Chicago. All right, so yeah, another another successful cocktail from a book, and then uh, this next one was just kind of. Uh, this was just you indulging me because I yes. thought it was like kind of silly and funny, and so I was deeply unenthusiastic enthusiastic <laughs> about this. But you think he he was like it'll make a great photo, yep. so and okay. it's kind of lotus root chips. Yep, lotus root. I don't think we've really done much with lotus root in the past. No, I've never bought a fresh lotus root. So before, if you're ever. unfamiliar, it's a starchy uh, stem from the lotus plant, and on the outside, it's just like this kind of, you know, unassuming root vegetable. But when you cut into it, the interior looks like a pinwheel. So you you slicely or slicely, geez, you thinly slice this lotus root, and it gets these like kind of wagon wheel. You know what it reminds me of? Remember that? Did you ever have that hamburger helper when you were growing up, and it had that like wagon wheel shaped pasta? Oh. Remember that? Yeah. So this was kind of what those lotus root chips looked like. And then rather- and lotus root is a horrible for people who um there's that phobia, I don't remember what it's called, but holes in things drive you like insane. I have never heard of that. It's a thing. Huh. Lotus root will not be your friend if you yeah, have that. Apparently not. Um rather than fry these in oil as the recipe uh suggested, we just used our instant pot um and we just did the air fryer and just uh, you know, made these up. There's a tamarind salt that you make and sprinkle on top of it. That was really good, and it was basically just mixing like regular kosher salt with some tamarind. Yeah, I mean, it kind it of up. felt like the only flavor in the. Well, it was. The only <laughs> <flavor>. <laughs> Lotus root by itself does not taste like much. See, look, can you tell that I'm just kind of salty about this? I'm like, yeah, it's well, so, eh. I think this would be a good component for a soup or a stew or something like that, like a garnish and it would look cool. And if you had that tamarind salt on there, it would add that nice little bit of, of saltiness. Um, I don't necessarily picture anyone sitting down and just eating a plate full of lotus root. Chips. Oh, I'm sure they do. <laughs> uh, not me. Well, <laughs> I'm just saying, um, but I love that tamarind salt. And I, and I saw a quote in the book within the pages and it said, when in doubt, Add more tamarind salt. So that that was they said that most of the dishes in these books, um, they found uh, if they were lacking something, you just add a little bit of tamarind salt on it, and it just like boosted the flavor. So magical elixir. Yep. All right. Are we done with the lotus root? Um, I don't think there's anything yeah, else. Check we out can... the pictures. They're I cool. <laughs> okay. Next thing is pumpkin and pork stew. Um. No pumpkin in it. Well, I mean, pumpkin is a squash. And I've noticed in other books where it will call, it will say that it's a pumpkin, but it also calls for 
a squash. Okay. Rather than pumpkin. Who? I, th- I feel like calling a pumpkin... I feel like it's an American thing that, like, a pumpkin is a pumpkin. No, a pumpkin is, like, a gourd. You or know, squash. A squash, or, yeah. yeah. So... But Man, if we had made this, uh, you know, this week, we could have picked up some pumpkins at that apple orchard. I know. Oh well, which, which we did. Didn't we buy a small pumpkin? We did. We did it for something, but I don't, we didn't get it at the apple orchard. No, never mind. <laughs> I'm imagining stuff. I, I, it was when I went to the orchard with my other wife. Okay. We, oh, her. We, yeah. I hear she's she's great. Yeah, she's pretty good. <laughs> All right. Um, so this, um, the pumpkin gets. Uh, um, kind of simmered uh, first ahead of time, and you actually end up using that liquid to use for as part of your cooking Kind of like a broth, yeah. And and in addition, there's some garlic, ginger, and turmeric in there. Um, And then what what did we include? Like yellow onion, I believe, some dried chilies. Curry powder. Okay, and here is the thing. This... We we just and we're totally contradicting ourselves because you know the, we added fish sauce and I felt like it did not belong in here. And as you mentioned in in this recipe, it was actually an optional ingredient. Yeah, and we thought like, oh, you know, we add fish sauce to a lot of dishes and it always like bumps up the flavor. In this case, I feel like it actually kind of detracted from it. It really added this. It really added like it that odor to the dish, which. And we were talking like unpleasant. one and a half tablespoons, so it wasn't a huge amount considering we were making a big pot of stew, but um, it didn't need it. No, I don't think so either. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so, you know, I guess uh, what what's the lesson to be gained from there with the fish sauce? Used sparingly? Yeah. It, maybe, if, maybe, maybe, if, maybe if something says it's optional. Yes. Leave it off. I don't know. But it was good. I wish we wouldn't have put the I fish bet sauce in there. Those aforementioned lotus root chips would be good in this stew. Okay. <laughs> it's my story. I'm sticking Stop to it. Stop with the lotus root. Well. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Um, What else can we say about this book? Well, I think, I think okay. we'll talk about it when we get to some of the rankings and yeah. stuff. So let's do let's let's get into the rankings. Yeah, let's jump into that. So uh, we rank these books in a variety of categories on a scale of one to five, starting with the first one: food, photography, and styling. What'd you have, Victoria? I gave this a four. Um, I think a lot of times, like. Soups and stews are really hard to photograph and make look beautiful. Mm-hmm. This managed to do that. And there were also photos from of people cooking in restaurants, home cooks. There were landscapes, yeah. people working out in the fields. It was it was beautiful. It was a setting. I learned a lot about this I area. Did too. I did which... had no idea about Myanmar. Like mm-hmm. no idea. Um I was personally much more impressed with the travel photos than the food photos. Food photos were a bit on the dark side. They, they were. They, um, I agree with travel you. Travel photos were gorgeous. Mm-hmm. I really appreciated those, and, and there was plenty of photos mixed in with you know featuring the people and places of, of Myanmar. It just um, kind of gave you a really nice like snapshot. Travelogue. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I gave it a four as well. Okay. 
Um, but you know, just to, just as a note that the travel photos were a little bit more impressive to me. Um, next category is design and layout. I actually gave this one a five. Whoa. Yeah. Because I like that. Um, well, it's broken down into sections like curries, um, curries and, uh, slow cooked items, yep. uh, vegetables, noodles, salads, stir fries, stir fries and drinks. Yep. Um, and as I said before, to me, it, it, all the uh, beginning recipes at the beginning of each section were easier. Um, mm-hmm. And then the further in the section you get, the more uh, ingredients you start working with, the more prep time it mm-hmm. takes. Um, each recipe, uh, I don't know if you noticed, contains like a brief paragraph that just kind of gives you the backstory of how it relates. You know, like this is a popular dish in mm-hmm. Myanmar. This is a popular dish at our restaurant. Traditionally, this is how it's made, you know, blah, blah, blah. So it, it kind of gave you that ni- that nice setup for each dish, which I really appreciated. Um, and, I, and I thought that was a nice touch. Um, there were several like little history lessons yes. scattered throughout the book that just talked about the history of that country, what what it's like currently, what it was like previously. You know, just gave you you know some political dynamic, and uh, I really enjoyed that. Yeah, well, it's crazy. Was there really was one story. There was one story in there about how. Back in the mid two thousands, a SIM card for a cell phone was like a thousand dollars, and now you can get it for nothing. And so every now everyone like everywhere else, everyone has their face in a phone all the time. So, Um, one other thing that I thought was worth noting was uh, there was a whole kind of double. You know, when you open the book, the photos of the staff from the different restaurants, Mm -hmm. and I thought that was cool because I've seen other books do that and. It's always a nice little tip of the cap it when is, they acknowledge the staff and being what a line cook is is really thankless work and you work many many hours. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that is a really nice. Well, tip just the, the cap. fact that the author acknowledges um, that his success has been built with the help of you know the employees and the staff mm-hmm. and stuff. Um, so yeah. Tip of the cap to you, Desmond Tan. <laughs> you didn't tell you didn't tell us what the number was for this for your design layout. I gave it a four. Okay. Yeah. All right. Okay. There was a, there was a little bit of like I don't know if you noticed like on some of the recipes if they were a little bit more involved and they covered like two or three pages in the book there would be like some negative space and stuff just because you know like it'd be continued on the next page so like the layout to me depending on the recipe or where you're at in the book, could be a little, I don't know if clumsy is the right word. Clumsy is not the right word. But like, it's tough when you've got to continue on to another page and then it might only take up like a quarter of that page and so you've got this big blank space that didn't even have like a photograph or something. Does that make sense? It makes sense. It yeah. just it didn't bother me at all. So. Okay. So I guess I didn't Fair really, enough. I didn't really it notice just it. something I noticed. Um, and then the next category is degree of difficulty. Okay. Here's the thing. All right. For the stuff that we made, I'm going to go a two on this, but there are, there are, okay. There are several different dishes that are, 
exemplary Burmese dishes. There's a mohinga, which is a fish stew. There's a uh, lapet uh, salad, which is a fermented tea leaf salad. There's a rainbow salad, which uses four types of noodles. Yep. There, there are dishes in there that would take a lot of time, a lot of sourcing. Um, just even the mohinga itself, having to, you cook the fish and then you take you take all the meat off and then you put the skeleton back and so well and these fermented tea leaves that you mentioned mm-hmm. are kind of a very specific unique ingredient to Myanmar and up until recently you couldn't even get them right. in the states um did you know as a side note that half of the tea consumed in Myanmar is eaten and not drunk not crazy is drunk the right word? Yeah. I had to... I had to. <laughs> it doesn't sound okay. right to me. Now I don't feel bad because I had to double check in the book, but that's what the book said. So if it's wrong, it's the book's fault. Okay. Because I was like, drunk? Is that word? Drunk? Drank? Drankin? Drank? Drunken? Drank. Um, yeah, it's drunk. <laughs> but I thought that was kind of an interesting little side note. So for us, what we did was two, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say like a 3.5 overall because there are some dishes that... I just wouldn't have the the stones to tackle unless I had all day to do. Yeah, and if we're being honest, like there were things that we wanted to make, mm-hmm. that we contemplated making, that we passed on just for that reason because we knew that it was either going to be a time issue or we would have to source some specialty ingredients. I would love to get my hands on some of those fermented tea mm-hmm. leaves and play around with that, but that is definitely a mail order item. Um as uh, fate would have it, perhaps Desmond Tan now has a company. It's like you know Burmese Natural Foods or whatever it's called. But you can they're a source for those tea leaves oh, now, okay. so you can there order them online. Um, so maybe we'll tackle one of these dishes in the future, right? Where we can the take rainbow all day. salad. I was very intrigued by, but it was literally like two pages of ingredients. It was four types of noodles. I'm just like, holy cow! Oh, and yeah. wonton wrappers well, kind of strips and and then the challenge with that kind of stuff is always like it's just the two of us mm-hmm. and we're not gluttons most <laughs> of the time unless there's fried chicken involved or something so like you know we're not going to just sit there and gorge on this uh rainbow salad so, i mean but it is a salad i know <laughs> i know um okay so it sounds like we're on the same and, and, and I will say on on this note of d- degree of difficulty that it even mentions at the beginning of the book, he said, you know, hey, if you're just starting out, dive into one of the uh, simple curries, mm-hmm. make some rice, and then work your way up to the more complex dishes. So he kind of acknowledges like, you know, there's going to be some easy ones in here. There's going to be some more challenging ones. Start easy, work your way up. I do feel like we kind of skated on this book, and it would be it would be great to like go in and read. Yeah, you know. I mean, I will say nothing we made was like I didn't not enjoy oh. eating them. So like you know, even though we we kind of took an easier path, like it was it didn't sacrifice taste at all. And that brings us to the last category, taste. Uh, I gave it a four. Yep. Um. The only thing that I, well, the lotus chips, whatever. I mean, uh, and then the pumpkin stew was a little bit weird, but yeah, 
I'm, I mean, we didn't have to add that fish sauce, so I'm willing to. Yeah, and, and I feel like we always have to take into consideration with some of these recipes is like maybe it's just our like Western palate or something. Absolutely. And, and I, I think in a lot of Asian cuisines, that kind of sour component is more embraced and, and celebrated. And, and so like if you get something, uh, one of these dishes that kind of has that, it might mm-hmm. be a little disarming to to us, but it doesn't make it bad or right like i agree that, so. but i felt like the flavors were really clean mm-hmm. the spice was assertive so yeah it's, I and gave it's it also worth noting i'm sorry to interrupt no, it's okay. uh, i i also enjoyed throughout the book that if if there was like a specialty ingredient or something it talked about it and also walked you through like how to prepare it. So I remember there was a section about like bitter melon, which mm-hmm. might be an unfamiliar ingredient to a lot of people. And it kind of walked you through um, how to properly like prepare those. Um, so I really appreciated that. So, all right. All there right. you have it. So if you enjoyed this episode, please rate and review it. Uh, you can find us on the web at wecookbooks.com as well as Instagram at we underscore cook underscore books and Facebook at wecookbooks. And production assistance was provided by Danny Schaefer. Thank you, Danny. All right. You know what time it is. Oh, yes. Time for a joke. Okay. Make I've got to redeem one. myself because oh my the God. last one you, yeah. you did not enjoy. All right. Uh Halloween's coming up, so this will be an appropriate one. Okay. I don't know if this will air before Halloween or not, but uh, hey, Victoria. Yes. Why do vampires drink blood? Uh, why do they drink blood? Because coffee keeps them awake all day. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everyone. <laughs> Have a fantastic week. Bye. Wear your mask. Vote. <laughs>